Welcome to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Welcome back, and thanks for listening and making commitment to your learning. We <laughs> we hope you are doing well, especially since we're going to dive deep into some pretty intense topics that we normally don't cover. Uh, and who we are, we're your hosts. I'm Yvonne Brandenburg, and I am joined by um, my amazing business partner and podcast co-host, Jordan Porter. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, this is going to be <laughs> this is going to be a slightly heavy episode. Yeah. I, I think you and I have had some anxiety just like leading up to the series. Cause we're like, Oh God, don't screw it up. <laughs> I mean, definitely. It's going to be one of those things where it's like, well, I mean, I already told you, like, I'm feeling good today. I'm, I'm not sure how I'll feel after, <laughs> after we end this episode. Right. Nothing like bringing back some like mental health issues to my, to my forefront. <laughs> right. So, um, before we dive into our first episode of this series, which is going to be mental health, kicking stigma out of veterinary medicine, um, uh, we just have a couple of little quick housekeeping things. Um, I yes. think you have a shout oh my out. God. So we got an amazing email from Victor, uh, Victor, please send us your, well, I have your email address, um, but send us your mailing address and we'll give you a sticker. So Victor says, Hey guys, just wanted to send my love. I'm an ER assistant in tech school and ER is really where my heart is. But I think knowing about lots of conditions and how they can present is really important and gives a lot of crossover. So I find the podcast super interesting. You guys are so smart and seem very nice and genuine. And I love to listen when I'm mm. doing chores or sterilizing at work. Right. Oh my God. Love it. <laughs> Also, just a small funny antidote. I was listening to the Addison's episode while doing dishes and my not in vet med boyfriend was in the room as well. Just as a joke, when it was over, I asked him what he learned and he was like, uh, there's a lot of weird stuff and it's nothing else. It might be Addison's. So there you go. You're teaching everybody. <laughs> I love it. If it's not anything else, it's Addison's. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, we, definitely. we can get other people to understand it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Aww. Uh, and then there was another one. This one is in our membership site. Um, this one's from Megan and we've been getting a lot of like emergency texts and I'm super thrilled about that. Cause like, I do love ER. It's just there's, one of those things that I haven't. Yeah. There's so much cross out, crossover between internal medicine and emergency. And I think oh, for sure, you and know, emergency usually gets it first and it's like, it's great right. that they want to know. Like, or our patients are not doing well and they go to emergency. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, Oh no. Yeah. Well, and not so, only that, but I don't know, did you, so I was weird and I was trying to decide between emergency and internal medicine. Cause I love both. And like the tasks list and the knowledge base is almost exactly the same. Oh, like, I believe there, it. But I haven't looked so at it. The same. Yeah. It's crazy. Okay. So Megan says, hi, Yvonne and Jordan. I'm an RVT in British Columbia, Canada and obtained my VTS ECC in 2010. So Woo-hoo! like, dude, we have Dang. another BTS listening, listening to us. Plus like a veteran, yeah, a veteran ECC VTS. Sup girl. (laughs) So she says, I work in specialty hospital and recently added an ER department. I work in the ICU and internal medicine. After three applications for my VTS, I have finally been accepted and write the exam this June of 2021. So holy crap. Second VTS coming. 
Wow. Emergency and internal medicine. Yeah. Go so she says, right. Your podcast really helped me organize the important information to stay on track. There are so many rabbit holes to go down because it's so, <laughs> also interesting. I have three kids and two dogs, Neptune, who's a Mastiff, just turned three, and Bella, who's a Roddy, who just turned three, or who is turning three in a couple of days. So, dude, like, shout out to Megan because, like, That's that amazing. is amazing. Good job. Good job. I love the fact that she told us the name and ages of her dogs, but not her kids. <laughs> Go vet tech. <laughs> she also put like females, but like it was like, it was full of signalment, but I just kind of cut some of them. <laughs> That's awesome. That's- I'm going to start doing that with my kids though. Like I have two kids, five dogs. I got Bailey, who's nine females male intact uh, <laughs> human human yeah i was like what do i call her she's a species human <laughs> homo sapien <laughs> oh my god that's amazing um thanks guys what would i say about connor like connor male so anyway yes uh, i love great that you're job say bailey's like females female i was gonna say spade because i'm I so know. used to saying female spade she's not spade guys she's Nick definitely spade. not yeah, but shout out to Megan because that is phenomenal. And shout out to Victor just for emailing because I loved reading that and that was amazing. And other than that, I think that's just all we had for housekeeping today. So we can jump in. We had a little fun at the beginning of the episode before we I know, get I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, we all like, <laughs> yay. And then we're like, all right, down to the meat and bones of this one. <laughs> I know. I'm a little, I'm definitely anxious about it. Yeah. So this week, we're going to be starting with mental health, kicking stigma out of veterinary medicine. That's the first one. Before we really dive into this too deep, though, we do need to make sure that everyone out there listening to this understands we are not mental health professionals. So that is that is not us. Um, we do recommend that it seek advice of a mental health professional or other qualified provider with any questions regarding your mental health. Um, we both are very aware that this is a sensitive, very sensitive subject. Um, some of these conversations may be triggers for certain people. So just kind of be aware of that. If you know that you're you know, if you know that you have a trigger, just be aware that we could potentially trigger something. Um, or, you know, if it does happen, um, like sometimes you get caught unawares, just, we, we get that this may, may be triggering. Um, if you are feeling suicidal, thinking of harming yourself or concerned that someone, you know, may be in danger of hurting themselves, call the national suicide prevention lifeline, which again, this is the United States. I don't know about other countries. Um, their number is 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255 or visit your local emergency room. Um, the information that we are going to present in this podcast episode, as well as the future ones are for, They're intended basically just to help our listeners learn about mental health and suicide prevention. It's for informational purposes only. Um, This episode should definitely not be used as a substitute for medical advice, counseling, or other health-related services. So we're going to say this (laughs) whole spiel at the beginning of each of these episodes, just because it is important to remember, you know, we, we are not 
we're vet techs. <laughs> we're not human anything other than just, you know, human beings. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really um, the goal is to just bring it to the forefront and just let you know that like, I think it, in order to kick the stigma out of mental health, talk about it. We got to talk about it, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So that's what we're here to do. We're here to t- talk about it, but we are definitely not medical advice, medical personnel. Um, and and those things that we're going to talk about, um, yes, we have references for things, but I mean, most of it is going to be also our opinions about things or mm-hmm. our observations, which definitely does not, not mean it's hundred percent accurate, you know, Jordan. No. And I make well, that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do? <laughs> well, that, we're all very, very different. Like Yvonne handles her mental health in a different, like we're, we're similar, obviously, but mm-hmm. we handle our mental health definitely in different ways as does probably everybody else, which we'll talk about because we are going to get a little personal during this episode. Um, <laughs> and so which of course <laughs> makes jordan and i a little squidgy we're like okay. I'm, I'm, a little, I'm i'm sweating a little a little stress um, going on <laughs> yeah yeah that's why i'm wearing like no sleeves today because it's like <laughs> airing it out um the yeah, other yeah, thing yeah. too about these and and before we get too far down our rabbit hole that we're about to um just so you guys know um this this episode in the series is not going to be well probably not going to be race approved um because again we are not um, we're not professionals in human mental health. Um, so if, if, you know, if obviously if we're not qualified, any of that, it's hard to be race approved for that. So I think, uh, most of this series is not going to be race approved, but it's great for informational purposes and hopefully helping you guys feel a little better. That's our goal. <laughs> Less alone. Less alone. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I think, I think it's probably a good place to start this whole conversation as to maybe why (laughs) Jordan and I thought it was such a good idea to, to go here. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the problem, the whole reason why there is a stigma is because like, I mean, I thought it, I still slightly thinky even though I'm experiencing it is that like I don't know the thought that like an unhealthy mental health is like a personal weakness and that like I failed which I've talked to you about this like a million times Mm -hmm. where it's like I strive to be the person who like you can go to about anything Mm -hmm. and like I will always say yes I know it's a very unhealthy habit but like I don't say no I can't like it's it's very very difficult for me um so to like sit there and tell someone that like, listen, I can't do it. Like I'm struggling, like yeah. it's super hard for me to ask for help. Yeah. And I know because I feel weak and I don't want to. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we, we kind of have touched on it a couple of times over the past couple of months. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, yes, I, I, COVID, I think probably put a magnifying glass on our industry, um, for the stress and uh, the sense of overwhelm, I think. Um, and so I think, you know, a lot of us had coping mechanisms that unfortunately kind of went out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, like last year, I really hit a wall and my normal coping mechanisms, <laughs> which weren't necessarily healthy, but like I would go to a random store and just like, 
window shop and just like mindlessly look at things. I didn't always buy anything, but I would like look at stuff and, you know, I always checked out the clearance section and it was just something for me to do that was very random and mindless. And I wasn't able to do that last year. Like I felt mm-hmm. like I could only go to the grocery store or Home Depot because, you know, it's essential. <laughs> right. Um, and, and then come home and like, you know, I couldn't go hang out with my friends because, you know, you don't want to be putting it, anyone at risk. So I think last year for a lot of us just really hit us hard. Yeah. Um, and, and Jordan and I, we kind of talked about this too, is especially especially as type A's and like, mm-hmm. but the techs who have been in it for a long no, time, like the perfectionists, we, like we just, we strive yeah. to keep, I don't know, we just keep pushing keep the going. profession yeah. and ourselves forward. And I think a lot of us, you know, that have taken on leadership roles or we're speaking at conferences or we're doing all this stuff, right. That was taken away from us. And that was like an outlet for us because it was like, a work paid vacation, right? Definitely. Because that's what we're <laughs> passionate about. Well, yeah. But, uh, I would always re-energize when I went to conferences because I would see the people that I haven't seen in forever. And you're just like in a new place and you're not yeah. at work, but you're still learning. And it kind of re-triggers <sighs> that like love, like of like, yeah. where you're, you're almost feeling a little like stagnant, but then like you go to a conference and then it's like, Holy oh, crap, I just I learned something job. new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's the same thing for like, so my work closed off and on. I mean, when COVID first hit, we were closed for two months. And I'm very much a, well, I'm learning a lot of stuff about myself lately <laughs> over the past <laughs> right. year. Apparently I need schedules and I need like <laughs> routines and I'm very just type A. Like I, I need something to look forward to every day mm-hmm. and I need a schedule and I need to be felt like I'm doing a good job at something. And so yeah. to close and then to open and then close again, like it thoroughly messed me up mentally. Like, and I'm not blaming my boss or anything like that because he was trying to keep us safe. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like, and I'm not blaming anybody for shutting down stores or anything like that. Cause again, we're all just trying to stay safe, but man, it really triggered some like deep seated issues that I guess I didn't realize were there because mm-hmm. I can distracted with going to work and taking care of the kids and having my schedule and then like when I was home doing nothing but taking care of the kids or like I mean and my kids are pretty self-sufficient so like when I say take care of the kids like it's it's a job but there's still a lot more time for me to think and that was a little dangerous (laughs) well and I think because you know you have kids I don't have kids but I have like my best friends have a kid and I think you know, the fact that they weren't going to school to give parents a break, like we, they love their kids. Like Mm -hmm. I know you guys love your kids. Right. But having that time away from them, you know, makes, makes you value them more rather than being angry and frustrated at a situation that feels very uncontrolled. Right. And, and I think what I think too, like part of it was like, I saw my kids struggle like, cause we couldn't go to gymnastics. We couldn't yeah. go to soccer, they couldn't go to school. They couldn't see their friends. Like we couldn't do our normal things. And like to see my kids even struggle when like they, sh- they shouldn't have been bothered. Like it obviously didn't hit them as hard as it hit me or us or adults, right. but like, that's because kids bounce them. back from so many things easier than we yeah. do. 
And (laughs) now we've gotten to the point where they're like, okay, they're back in gymnastics. They're back in sports. Like they're fine. But like to see them struggle and then me not know how to fix it really kind of sucked. Cause it was one of those moments where, again, I strive to be good at everything. And at that time, I very much felt like I wasn't good at being a mom because I couldn't keep my kids like happy as they normally are. Like they weren't like depressed, but they weren't, they weren't normal and they weren't happy. Like they missed all the things. Well, and I think, I think that was one thing with last year that was, or this last year, um, that was hard. It was instead of us thriving, right. And pushing ourselves to be better. Like we almost had to get back to basics and just survive. And I remember the first month or two after everything happened, it was so emotionally and just like thought process of draining because yes, I was going to work and I was at my same work, but everything was different. And so it felt like a brand new job and I was exhausted and yeah. it, and then I came home and it was like, cool. Like I, I can't go anywhere and I can't relax here. And so I think, I think last year just really put into focus a lot of things that, you know, without your normal coping mechanisms or normal routines, just really helped things spiral out of control. For sure. (laughs) For sure. So, I mean, like, I don't know any other medical condition, like there's diagnostics, there's treatments, like, why don't we do this for mental health? But the same time, like that also takes admitting that maybe there's something wrong, right? Like, well, yeah. And you and I, I mean, we, I think we kind of, we, I feel like we hit a wall at the same time. Definitely. <laughs> like, I think what we had been talking about it and I want to say it was, what was it? It was like summer. It was, it was yeah. like end of summer, early fall. Like we both kind of hit this wall of we're so overwhelmed. Like we were running on, you know, adrenaline for months trying to just keep, keep doing what we needed to do. And I remember at work, I was crying like multiple times a week because I was just so over threshold, you know, and I was lashing out at my coworkers. I was lashing out at my husband. I was lashing out at my friends. And then when I came home, it's like, I just like cocooned and didn't want anything around me anymore. And I was like, that's not healthy. That's me going into survival mode. Like if I'm putting my head in the sand, like I'm going in survival mode. Um, and I had to take a really hard look at myself and then Jordan, you know, we talked about it and, Mm -hmm. and I, and I think at the same time, I think you were struggling and trying to figure out what you could do because you were like back and forth with work. And so yeah. and it's I not like you could take days off. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm out of PTO. I was stressed about money. I was stressed about doing schoolwork with the kids because I, I homeschooled them, which was my decision. Right. But I did that with the hopes of like trying to avoid like back and forthness of like the schools closing and stuff yeah. like that, because I knew that that would stress me out more than mm-hmm. all of it. And so, yeah, I mean, like I was crying in the bathroom a lot. Oh, I can't tell you how many times that poor kids freaking saw me cry. And you know how bad that makes me feel is like when they're mm-hmm. like, they saw like the worst part of me. And like, so well, and almost... your kids are probably very similar to you, right? They want to oh, help Bailey, you. Bailey very <laughs> make you much feel better. 
yeah and Bailey very much can feel other people's feelings even if I feel like I'm hiding it really well she's like you just seem off which I do the exact same thing to other people's like if someone just feels off like I can feel your emotion and I pull it in which was also another thing because like when I would go back to work everybody else was feeling stressed and I kept trying to hold it together where I'd be like it's going to be okay and like I would just keep trying to take every stress like my boss is stressed and Bailey's gymnastics stress because I helped Mm. her raise money to keep her gym open and it's like I was taking on all this stuff, but then not really paying attention to what I needed, like whatsoever, yeah. which like, I love, I love helping people. Like I do. Yeah. But and it was I one think... of those things where it's just like, it got to be too much where like my own body was like, dude, you're hurting yourself. Yeah. And I want to say like, we both, we started really kind of, I, I think we kind of were like skirting around the issue with each other. Oh, for sure. Because it was one of those things <laughs> like where like. A couple of months, I think it was. Definitely. Because we just started we just a business. Like, Dude. <laughs> yeah. We just started a business and I was trying not to slack. You were trying not to slack. We had just started the membership yeah. site and we we're really trying to keep things going. And like, it was one of those things where like, you'd have a couple of weeks where I'm like, dude, it's totally okay. I, I'll pick up the slack. No big deal. And then we'd swap and then you'd pick up the slack for me. And then it was just like, I think we finally were just like, okay. Okay, cool. I see that you're struggling. Now you see that I'm struggling. Let's talk about this because like, it's totally okay. If we're just slacking, like we got to get through this. And I think once we both realized that it made it (laughs) so much easier to just like admit that like something was wrong. Well, and I think, I honestly think you were the first person I talked to about it. I didn't even talk to my husband about it at first because I like, didn't want him to know that there was a problem. Well, same. And like, I don't know, like it's one of those, (laughs) which is stupid. (laughs) It's that stigma though, too, where like, I didn't want to tell my husband that I was like struggling and that I was crying in the shower because I didn't like, I didn't know what was causing it. Like I didn't, I didn't, cause he'd always be like, well, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't freaking know. Oh my God. Like, well, cause they want to make you feel better. And you're like, I don't know what's going to make me feel better. Yeah. And he's like, well, I don't understand why you're sad. And I'm like, cool. Me either. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you're like, great. That makes two of us. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, well, how do I help? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. And then I think we, cause I think my work was talking to me about you know, mental health stuff. And we, you know, we were part of, I think we we're both part of not one more vet and, or not one more vet support staff. And I think it was one of those things where we're like, okay, well, we're not quote unquote, one of the crazy people, but. Which is a word that we shouldn't be using. Even right, though I try to, I, I try to like lighten it for me a little bit and like make jokes that like right now I'm on crazy like it's okay it's okay to be crazy because that's what makes me unique and that's what keeps me almost going is because I'm so wound up in my own brain yeah well and I think we both realized that we needed not just each other Mm -hmm. and we reached out and found mental health professionals Um, yeah and I think did you find you may have done it first actually and I was still kind of like, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I remember talking about this where like, I reached out to a therapist. I reached out to not one more vet support staff, which was amazing, even yeah. though, and then like, yeah, I would talk to you about it. And you're like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not ready yet. I don't want to make anybody feel bad for me, which is like that yeah. hit home when you told me that too. Cause I was like, I get that. Like, I didn't, I, yeah. I don't, I didn't seek help 
to make people feel bad for me. I don't want to be that like sympathy case. Like I just, yeah. I needed to talk about it. Like, well, and but I, think, I didn't know what to talk about. Yeah. And I think for me, I was like, well, I'm not that bad. Like, yeah. You, and I, I remember like, you I'm kept fine. saying I'm, that. I'm not that bad. It'll be okay. I'll get through it. I do this occasionally. Yeah. And, you kept um, saying, I'm going to bounce back. Just it'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think it was one of those things where you know, I, when I, when we talk about mental health in general, it's just like the rest of our health and the rest of our body, right? Like once we're not like in one spot and that's it forever, right? We have like peaks and valleys, like our emotions change, our hormone Mm -hmm. balances change. And that could be due to how much sun there is or how little sun there is, or, you know, are you taking your medications or are you exercise? So it's like, you know, the fact that we as medical professionals don't recognize that mental health is just like any other organ, right. That needs to be healthy, that there's a spectrum and we kind of joked about this before we started recording. It's like the iris scale for kidney disease, right? You just, because you're in stage one, doesn't mean you can't go to stage three and then maybe back to stage one or stage two with like proper treatment and proper diagnostics. And I think it's just, that's part of the stigma that needs to be like, just stopped. Oh, for sure. Because Because it's not just you have a label. Yeah. 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 And you can well, and to be work honest, on like it, it and it, change it. And to be honest, it took me having physical ailments to go to the doctor <laughs> right. and, you know, seek also mental health as I was trying to fix my physical health, because that's when I got diagnosed with lupus. Mm-hmm. And then like upon talking to doctors and therapists and stuff like that, they're like, we think you have OCD. And I was like, makes total sense. But like, I don't do the doorknob shaking thing or the light switch thing. And they're like, no, 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 that's not just OCD. Like, so I was learning all this stuff about myself that I was like, but I came here for my joints and my skin. And you're telling me that it's all this. And they're like, it all contributes. It all balances. And I was like, I should know this. I'm an internal medicine tech. Of course it does. (laughs) Like, of course it does. Like it makes total sense. Like my immune system. What's the secondary condition? Let's see. Like, (laughs) I probably have atypical Addison's like it's it's just (laughs) right (laughs) so it's just one of those things that like it took my body even breaking down for me to be like I think that there's more that I should be doing aside from I don't know what I what I was probably not really I wasn't doing anything let's be I was doing nothing to help my physical or mental health the past year well and you know I it when, so it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you'll see those posts that are like, let's talk about compassion fatigue and burnout and how to prevent it or how to deal with it. And it says, do yoga or do whatever. And I'm like, great, that's fine. When we're talking about prevention or maintaining like a good, healthy thing, but when you're in survival mode, yoga is not going to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you're in survival mode, it may be that you take a shower that day. Mm-hmm. It may be that you eat that day or drink water or remember to take your medications. Like I, you know, whatever it is, but it's like, you just need to do the basics. Um, and I remember well, taking classes in like college work. Cause I took some psychology classes cause I love it. And, but I, yeah, anyways, that's a whole other story, <laughs> but they talk about like Maslow's, um, 
hierarchy of needs. Do you remember that? Where it's like the pyramid Mm -hmm. and the base pyramid is like shelter, food, water. Like that's your basics. And then the next level is. Well, I'm glad that you bring, you're bringing this up though, because like, I know you're going to go into a little bit more detail about this hierarchy of needs, but like, this is part of the reason why I didn't seek help is because like a lot of the things that I would see was about burnout and compassion fatigue and stuff like that. And I felt like that's not what I was having problems with. Like I I wasn't having mental health problems from the field. Like it was the fact that I felt like I wasn't in the field anymore that was contributing Mm. versus like, so I felt like it didn't relate to what I was seeing online and what I was like, that's kind of where I was searching for some guidance, but it was all related to how the field itself and how work itself really kind of can drag you down. And that's not at all what I was experiencing. And so it took me realizing that because I was like, well, should I be mad at my job? Like, I don't, you know, and it's like, no, like I'm mad that I'm not working right now, even though it's to protect me. Yeah. And I think you were, uh, I know there's other people in the vet tech field that had this similar experience. Um, I feel like it's I, not talked about a lot. <laughs> it's not because we like, I think because people go, oh, well, whatever. It's just crazy. But I think there are places that shut down or, you know, decrease staff be- for whatever reason, you know, and then they had to go find another job. And that was the other thing last year that happened to a yeah. ton of people was like switching jobs. And so now you have to go work at I mean, I almost got a job at Kroger because I was like, right. uh, I don't know what to do. And then, God, oh my God. And then I forgot that my work was about to close. And, right. oh my God. Okay. So anyway, back to the higher, because this kind of plays in because then there's <laughs> security and safety. Thousand percent. So, <laughs> so Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs. So it, think of it as a pyramid. The bottom of it is um, physiologic needs. So these are your basic needs. So you need food, water, warmth, and rest. That is the basis of psychologically being okay. And so you need to have food, water, warmth, and rest. If you don't have those needs, it's very difficult for you to even move up in the, in the pyramid. Mm -hmm. So once those things are taken care of, and um, let's just say rest probably didn't happen for a majority of people last year, Oh, definitely. (laughs) you know, then you have safety needs. And so that means security and safety. And let's be real. A virus that potentially could kill you and everyone you know definitely does not feel secure and safe. <laughs> so I think people like their basic needs, like the second pyramid, second level of this pyramid, got like hit with a jackhammer last year. Oh, for sure, too. <laughs> because then if you go back to people losing jobs or right. like, yep. and so then you lose your security of feeling like financially secure or safe in like a job. Like, like are, am I going to be able to keep my house? Am I going to keep my job? Yeah. So that's like the second level. The third level is psychological needs. So once you have your safety and your um, physiological needs met, then you can talk about belongingness and love needs. So this is your intimate relationships. This is your friends. What else did COVID kick in the shins last year? <laughs> like hanging out with the people you have relationships with, right? Or at work, you're so busy at work and you have to maintain social distance. So you can't even have that. My connection. work friends are like, oh, my work friends are like family for me. It's like, oh, hundred percent. Yeah. 
we, I mean, we started a group chat during COVID just to make sure all of us were like still talking and still yeah. communicating. Cause like we were all going through the same thing, obviously. Yeah. Which is great. That's a, that that's one way you can meet those needs, right? Yeah. So let's say your belongings and your love needs are met. The next one is esteem. So prestige and feeling of accomplishment. <laughs> so I did us, not get any of that. <laughs> yeah, us type A's where we're talking at conferences, writing articles, doing podcasts, all that stuff. Like that's esteem needs. That's like, okay, sweet. We've got all these other needs met. Now we can move up and start working on this one. Well, again, <laughs> if the bottom of your pyramid's jacked up and broken, you can't even do that. And then the top of the pyramid is self-fulfillment. This is um, self-actualization. So this is achieving one's full potential, including creative activities. Oh my God. So you're not going to be able to feel healthy and fulfilled if your other needs are not being met. It's just not going to happen. No, I mean, the majority of the people who are listening probably barely got the physiological needs like food, water, warmth, and rest. Like it's like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And safety and security at work. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, yeah. hell, the, just the last like two months, I've only worked three weeks maybe. Yeah. And like, I was just talking to my husband about it. I'm like, I am, we are struggling. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's, it's just constant stress. And it's like that every time, especially for me, like every time I thought things were getting back to normal, like we were closed yeah. and then we'd be open again. And then it sounded like we were closing our doors for good. And I looked for another job and then we were open again. And then, and then you moved (laughs) and then we moved buildings. And then there was a potential COVID uh, scare and we were closed again to keep us safe. And then I got COVID, like I worked for a week and then I got COVID like a week later. And I was like, it's just a constant, like every time I think things might be going back to normal, like I've made jokes about this, like, but it, it really took a toll on my brain. Like it it really is just. well and Ah. and i think and i think that's the stigma part of it right like because we went from like not not sound like a jerk but i felt like i was in the self-actualization prior to 2020 i felt like in the top of my pyramid we were doing our business and doing all that stuff i was like yeah i'm the president of the academy like there's all these things that i was like i'm reaching my full potential as a technician And then my pyramid fell apart (laughs) and I'm like, I can't meet these high needs if my basic ones are not even being met. Like I just, I can't, and I don't know how to, I don't know how to even like figure out what I need to focus on to get these basic needs met. And so, and, and I think I think it's one of those things where a lot of us in the veterinary industry just went, oh my God, I have to like relearn how to function. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like how, how do we function? Like, so, um, anyways, (laughs) this long kind of what the heck. This is a very long winded episode of like, just, well, I I, I just want everybody to know that like 
we're not alone. Like, and it took yeah. me and Yvonne tiptoeing around each other to even realize that her and I were going through the exact same thing mm-hmm. in like slightly different ways. But like, I mean, how we we're still talking, we were about, struggling. I'm still, yeah. Well, and I'm, yeah. And we're still, I mean, at least for me, I'm definitely still tr- struggling. I was just telling you about this. We're like, it's like, yes, I sought, I sought help. Um, I did finally get on medication. So I was very much, I just want to put it out there, uh, uh, but whoa, I'm stuttering. Um, <laughs> it's a touchy subject. Um, but I was very much an anti-medication person just because yeah. again, I was trying to tell myself like, no, I'm strong. Like you can handle this. Like you can handle this and you can pull yourself back out of this hole and like, you can do it. You've, you've done it before is what I kept telling myself. And that's Which- what I told him. I, I can't believe that we have, because I felt the same, I still kind of feel the same way. And I can't believe that you and I who work in freaking internal medicine feel that way because it's like, medicine is a jam. If, I'm like, if you have Cushing's, can you talk your way out of like producing too much cortisol? No, Dude, I, was, I was just <laughs> talking to someone about and, this. I was like, it's absurd. Times, our mental stuff is all about hormones and like all this stuff. And I'm just like, why, why do we as veterinary professionals not understand that it's not something that we can just like talk ourselves out of? Like I legit, I legit walked into my doctor's office and I was one of those clients who I was like, I don't want medications, but I have all these problems I need you to fix. Oh, it's yeah. like, I was 100% <laughs> that client. Oh my and God. So, those clients drive me crazy. I'm like, well, I know. Cool. Like, I know. But here's this, here's this fix. It's called this drug. Yeah. <laughs> and that's basically what she did. She was like, are you willing to try one medication? And I was like, I will try one medication. It's not going to be long-term. So I'm setting all these standards. I'm like, it's not going to be long-term. I'm not going to be on it forever. I'm only going to do one medication. We will not be adding anything else on. And I'm just being a pain in the ass. Like, I'm just like, well, but that's, that's a hundred percent the stigma talking, right? For sure. Because now I'm on my one medication and my OCD is going wild. We were just talking about this. We're (laughs) Mm -hmm. like, I feel better. I feel mentally better and I don't feel depressed. So I do feel like my depression is better. Do I want to come off my meds? Nope. Not now. You know, what's crazy. You know, what's interesting. I'll just not Mm -hmm. say crazy. You know, what's interesting about that is, um, I've got, cause I listened to our podcast episodes and it's, if you listen to the two of us, like back in like, November, December, you can hear it in our voices. Yeah. And I'm just like, how did we not pick up on that? I think we did. I just think it was one of those things where we didn't want to talk to each other. Because I remember listening to this and going like, when I would edit, I'm like, I sound awful. I sound disconnected and I don't sound like I want to do this. And that's not what I want for my podcast. Like, and it's one of those things where like, even now, I mean, now I'm still obviously very, wouldn't say very like messed up because I do feel better but like I can't keep focused and I can hear it every I joke about it because I feel like I'm like on crack right now like just like hyper (laughs) and we joke about me drinking too much coffee and like not enough water which is 100% true it's like (laughs) (laughs) I I I still have work I need to do for myself and I'm realizing this and I'm becoming more and more okay with it the better I feel being on medications that I'm like you know what maybe one more medication will be helpful to get me fully back to where I want to be. Cause I'm not where I, well, I want I think to be. about like a kidney cat, 
do we say, oh, you're going to be on sub-Q fluids and that's it? No, we do sub-Q fluids and then maybe we do some anti-nausea medication because he's vomiting. Maybe we do an appetite stimulant because you're not really wanting to eat. Maybe we need to do erythropoietin because you're not producing red blood cells. So it's one of those things like where we're okay with that for our patients. But not okay with it for ourselves. Right. I was thinking about this because I'm like, think of all the times we've talked about client communication and do not stop your meds. without talking to your medical professional. And I, here I am like, <laughs> I'm only going to be on it for like a month and then I'm just going to stop them. Like, oh you know, well, like that's, and- <laughs> that's how I went into like me starting antidepressants was like, well, this is going to be temporary. This is going to pull me out of conversation. You, you and I have this conversation about my meds. Like I'm, yes. I'm and on, I was getting on you about it. You are so <laughs> mad at me. So I take thyroid medication and I take vitamin D because I've been hypothyroid since I turned like I don't know, 19 or 20. Like I've just been hypothyroid and my vitamin D, because I swear I never see the sun because all I do is all I ever do is work, (laughs) but you know, and I've told, and I have talked to you about it. I'm like, Oh, I keep forgetting to take my medications. Um, and when I don't take my medications, I get depressed. I get the brain fog. I get all of that. And it was funny because when I was talking to my therapist, she was like, are you taking your, your stuff? And I was like, um, sometimes I forget to. And she's like, okay, well, how about until we talk again, you make it a goal that you just take your medications every day. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I could do that. (laughs) But it was just, it was, it's one of those things where I wasn't taking care of my basic physiologic needs of making sure my thyroid was fine and making sure I was getting enough vitamin D so that I could function. And so, you know, again, it's one of those, you know, one step at a time, get some basic needs. Oh yeah. I mean, like take a shower, drink some water. (laughs) It's it's definitely one step at a time. So like for me, I started antidepressants. Then I got my butt off the couch and started showering every day again. Right. It's, it's like, I went through those phases and it's like, after I talked to you, it kind of opened up a lot of doors. Then I could talk to my best friend, which I don't know why I didn't talk to her. She's very open about her mental health stuff and all the meds that she's on. And like, we talk about it frequently yet for some reason, even with her, I couldn't be like, Hey, I think something's wrong with me too. But like, it was one of those things where like, I remember thinking about it, but I didn't well, want to do think the whole we were both in like denial. me too thing. Yeah. I think we well, were I was definitely in denial. Yeah. Well, that and like, I don't know. I hate being that person who want, who takes it like she was struggling and I didn't want to take it away from her, right. you know? Yeah. Like, I didn't want to be like, well, you're struggling, but you know, it's so, so am I. I. And like, no. I didn't want to take the attention away. Like, cause I don't want to seek attention. Like that's not. Well, which is funny. Now because... I just want to open the doors for others. Right. And, and that's, it, we struggled with this series so bad because we didn't want to be like, look at us. But I think, I think we made the decision that we had to talk about it because there's the, the veterinary industry in general is very mental health unhealthy right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, I think we're at the point where, you know, it's not a secret anymore, Yeah, (laughs) you know, and I think people talking about it is helping others maybe take a look at where they're at. For sure. Because I mean, that's how I took a look at where I was at was I talked to you. (laughs) Yeah. 
And um, it, it sometimes takes others though to being like, you know, you're not your normal self. And yeah, and I it's, wish it's okay. It's okay to not be okay. And I think for you and I, we talked about this a little bit. I definitely have like imposter syndrome where like even oh, the yeah. podcast, when people send us emails saying like, you're wonderful and you're amazing. Like, and you're you're genuine, still like, listening to us. What? I know. And it's like, <laughs> for like, for example, the email I read earlier today where like Victor said, like, you're so genuine. And it's like, you know what? Like I wasn't being genuine because we were struggling, Yeah. but now I'm trying to be genuine. This is not a cry for attention. Um, I appreciate when people tell me I'm smart. I, d- I do, but I strive to meet that. Like if someone says that, I'm like, oh, shoot, now I really have to prove that I'm smart. Like, <laughs> right. I, my secret is, uh. is that I have obsessive compulsive disorder and I like to research for hours on end. <laughs> you and, and I are so bad about that. We're like, yeah, I know where to find information, but it makes me sound really smart. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I don't want to come off as like, I'm not trying to get famous. I'm thrilled that people are listening to us. I'm thrilled that we have over 50,000 downloads. Like I am. But I think thrilled. I am thrilled, but, but I, but it's not about us. It's about the information. That's what I mean. I'm thrilled that <laughs> like, cool. We get the to deliver it, and, but <laughs> the emails and stuff that we get. My favorite part is when people are like, I've learned so much <sighs> and I, I put that. it to use in clinic because that was our goal. My yeah. goal was not to be like, Plus, I haven't been in to any conferences anyway to recognize to get recognized by anybody. Not to mention, I think like, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be funny when we go to our first conference after all of this, and like I'm probably gonna laugh, and somebody's gonna be like, "I know that laugh, right?" Because I laugh too much. I'm <laughs> gonna ramble super fast and talk like super fast. Lectures, <laughs> and they're like, "Wait a second, this sounds familiar." Be <laughs> all jittery from coffee. Oh my god, that'll be awesome. <laughs> anyway. So I don't, I mean, we really just wanted to bring it forward that like, we are trying to be genuine. We really did struggle and please don't go back and listen to December because I'm sure now you'll definitely hear it now. But I don't know. And we wanted to open, open the conversation um, and just let everybody know that wherever you are in your mental health spectrum, it's okay. It is okay to not feel good right now. It is okay to feel fantastic. If you're feeling fantastic, wherever you're at, that's where you're supposed to be in this particular moment. But that doesn't mean that you are stuck there. You can, you know, it, it, it may take some work. It may take some reaching out and getting out of your comfort zone. It may take, you know, reaching out to a professional. Maybe you just use like some of the the text message ones, or maybe you actually talk to someone in person, or, you know, you just go to the doctor and see, you know, have your, you know, cause it's internal medicine, have your CBC, your, your electrolytes, T4 and all that stuff checked to see, is there something else under underlying that you're not going to be able to like wish your way out of? Cause I, I know that's for me, I wish that things could happen and it doesn't always. Um, so just remember your, your mental health is a spectrum. You know, we can move through those different levels of health. It's not a permanent place. Um, when we are in our best positive mental health, we can realize our full potential. We can cope with the stresses of life, right? We can be productive with our work. We can, you know, make those meaningful contribution contributions to society that we, you know, when we're in 
survival mode, we, we can't. So just know that there's, there's definitely some resources out there for anyone, you know, that needs it. Um, if you're not a member of the not one more vet support staff or not one more vet, if you're a veterinarian listening to this, it's a Facebook group. Um, we definitely highly recommend it. They have some amazing resources there, um, including, um, it's not, it's not a scholarship, but it's, uh, uh, I think they have like a fund that you can yeah. donate to. And then like, yeah, it's like assistance. Like if you, if you need it, I don't remember what it's called, but yeah, I definitely recommend it. And they you have can even post a- anonymously. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the other great thing is you can post anonymously. So, you know, we're, we're starting the conversation here. We're hoping that us talking about our, uh, struggles, um, may make it easier for you to talk about it to, you know, if you want to talk to us about it, you can, but again, we're not mental health professionals, but we're happy to listen. Definitely um, here to listen. Yeah. Um, you yeah. are all listening to us right now. So. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, so, you know, find, you know, some professional help if you need it or if you want it, you may get there and they're like, Oh no, you're, you're doing pretty, pretty good. Um, so, you know, check that out, connect with others, try to stay positive, which I know sometimes that's really difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe even just thinking about it, even if, if you can't be positive, maybe just thinking about trying to be positive and looking at it from a different perspective can help. Um, I know sometimes for me, I like have to make a conscious effort. <laughs> Some days my being positive is just not saying anything negative out loud. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> trying to get physically active, you know, whatever that is, um, yes. whether that is taking a walk down your driveway <laughs> around the block. The staying physically active has been a game changer for me and yeah. probably part of the reason why I'm so wound up, but like again, because I've been so obsessive, like now I'm going to the gym five to six days a week because Mm -hmm. like it gets me out of my brain. Yeah. Like it's something where I can only focus on that. And I don't, it just makes me feel good after. (laughs) And, and, you know, it depends on where you are with that, right? Maybe it's, you got up off the couch (laughs) and you walked around your living room. When I was first going through this, I was like, I took Zara for a walk. Yeah. We went around one block and that was it. It wasn't very far, but like I got outside and she loved it. And I think to seeing her happy was great. I love my dog. Yeah. She's a good, she's a good dog. A good dog. Um, getting enough sleep, Jordan. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're working on it. One step at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan's been working some overnight shifts because she needs money. Cause again, her hierarchy of needs are not being met. So now she's just not sleeping. Um, but she'll get there eventually. Otherwise I'll just keep harassing her. (laughs) Everybody else is harassing me too. My, my coworkers are like, aren't you supposed to be sleeping right now? And I'm like, I have stuff to do. And I keep saying yes to all these things. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's, I still have some things I need to work through. Dude. Don't we all <laughs> So the I'm saying there. no part with is, you, girl. <laughs> is going to take probably the longest time. Yeah. Um, so. and then developing some healthy coping skills. Um, 
and maybe look at you know make we'll talk about kind of assessing where you're at um soon but in one of the other episodes but just take a look and see like do you know what your coping skills are like you know hopefully they're healthy because you can definitely develop unhealthy coping skills um so just kind of you know look at it and see if you can you know incorporate some good skills into you know your everyday life so so yeah so we we had some questions that that we were like trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about so you know how does how does mental health <laughs> affect us in veterinary medicine is kind of a big one um you know we are i think one of the things as veterinary professionals we're really good at doing um because of our job is um we compartmentalize different emotions really well <laughs> um because you know we go from a euthanasia appointment into a new puppy exam and mm-hmm. we can't take that euthanasia with us into a new puppy exam we also can't take the new puppy exam into the appointment where we're talking about cancer and end of life so i think as veterinary professionals we've developed i call it the crispy um you know technician shell Like you got to develop your technician shell. And part of that is being able to compartmentalize and be able to put things away so that you're not constantly in that emotional roller coaster that Mm -hmm. we are in on a daily basis. I don't know if you guys saw it. There was this really cute, like cart, well, not cute, but very appropriate cartoon that I saw on Facebook that basically just was kind of like that, right? It was like mm-hmm. this person walking into a room dealing with euthanasia, next going into a puppy, blah, 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 blah. and at the end of the day, the person gets home and is like, "I have no idea what emotion I need to be displaying right now." Yeah, yeah, you know, and and I feel like that sometimes where I'm just emotionally exhausted at the end of the day, and I'm like, I have no idea where I need to be, so I'm just going to be in block. So I think. Our ability to compartmentalize is good for certain things, but it's, it's not good. And it could be deadly potentially for our mental health, because I think we do compartmentalize our own personal mental health status to the point where we don't feel like talking about it to anyone. Right. Like I, I definitely feel like that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. Cause I'm like, I put that in the bad compartment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then don't deal with it. Just seal it up and put it behind a bunch of bricks. <laughs> well, it's just, it's so simple to just be like, just move on. You know, it's like, yeah. cause we're so good at it every day at work. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so how do we combat and remove the stigma in our profession? I think we just need to open up those conversations stick up for mental health, be okay with the fact that sometimes we need help. Sometimes we either need to talk to somebody about it professionally. Sometimes we need medications. Sometimes we need time off from work to recharge Mm -hmm. our batteries. Like whatever it is, be okay with taking a look at our mental health status, right? kind of like an ASA for anesthesia, but for mental health. It's definitely not going to be like a one size fits all. Like, I mean, for all of last year, I was like 
no big deal. I'm going to get through this. I'm strong. I don't need to talk to anybody and I don't need meds. And now I'm very much like, thank God I got on meds. Otherwise what would have happened? Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's interesting. It, it's very hard talk- for me to admit that I was like in such a dark place that like some of the thoughts that I was having, I, sh- I should have known better. Like I should have which is, does something about it sooner. So this is kind of, so this is kind of an interesting thought that I just had with all of that. Right. Is I remember last year, probably early slash middle of the year mm-hmm. where we would talk and I was like, I can't complain. I still have a job. I'm still getting a paycheck. I still have a roof over my head. I'm just going to suck it up and deal because my life isn't that bad. I don't have COVID. I don't have to worry about not going into work. And I think that was one of the things for me where I was like, I've got it better than a lot of people. I just need to suck it up and deal. Yeah. And that, that doesn't mean it's healthy. (laughs) No, no, no. And I I definitely completely agree with you because I, I strive to make other people feel better. Yeah. And I strive to help other people take care of their problems. And like, I listen to people all the time. Like I'm, people will constantly talk to me about the problems that they're going through. And I love it. Like it, it's great. But then sometimes I'll get off the phone. Like when I was going through a lot of this stuff before I got put on meds, I was listening to three or four different friends of mine who are going through stuff, like thinking about breaking up with so-and-so and like, right. I just don't know how to keep my business open. And like, even my own boss was like struggling. And it was one of those things where it was like, I want to be there for you so bad. But then when I would get off the phone and I'm like, I have problems too, but who do I go and talk to about this? Like, yeah. and it, it's one of those things where like, I think that's also helped me push me towards like an actual like therapist and speaking to you is one of those things where it's like, I don't need to talk to my friends about this. Like, yes, I should, but like they're going through stuff and I don't yeah. want to put that burden on anybody. Yeah. There's and people I think that's who a want that burden. That is a hundred percent a caregiver thing. And mm-hmm. I think that's another issue that our, our profession has For is sure. we don't want to burden someone else with the stuff that we're going through because we know what they're going through. Or like, mm-hmm. you're about to euthanize a dog. I'm not going to talk to you about the fact that I might have to euthanize my dog. You know what I mean? And so. Because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to play that like me too. Or, you know, like my problem's worse than yours. Like I don't. Like, no, I don't. no. That's just like the last thing that I want is for someone to feel like I don't care about them because I have my own problems. Yeah. And it's, but at the same time, it's almost not fair to myself. Like I, I. This was very, very difficult for me because like I could see things in my daughter that were very much like me as a kid. Mm. Like, and I'm just like, man, if you continue being so hard on yourself about things that really don't matter, like you're going to end up like me at 30, which I now see I'm not in a bad place. Like I definitely hit a wall and I was in a hole um, and it it got very scary there for a little while, but like, I'm okay. Like, but I don't want my daughter to to go through anything so hard. Like she shouldn't be so hard on herself. So now I talk with her a lot of times where I'm like, you know, Hey, like I see that you're stressed out about this. And like, how can I make you see that this isn't, it doesn't need to be worried about right now, but I'm like, I can't even do that for myself. So how can I do that for her? Right. Right. Like I can, when I'm off work there, I don't know how to turn it off and not worry about work. Like, Mm -hmm. 
And yet to tell my daughter, like, don't, just don't worry about it. Like, it's not that big of a deal. I'm like, the, those aren't the right words. Like, <laughs> well, and, and that's, that's one of the things where we need to figure out how to healthily cope with things. Right. Like that's, and that's what you're hoping to, to help your daughter with mm-hmm. is let's figure out healthy coping mechanisms. For sure. For sure. Because I being w- stressed and anxious about it is not healthy. No, when right? there's nothing I can do about it, like. Yeah. Why, why do I let it drag me down so much? I wish, I wish I had the personality of my husband and my son who can just turn off a bad day or like just turn off work or turn off, you know, it's just something that happened like, and not, and just move on. And like, I I shove it down, but dude, hell, if I could ever say that, like, I could turn it off because it is constantly back in my mind where I'm like, did that patient really wake up? Okay. I really shouldn't have let the temperature drop that low, or I should have done this, or did I clean that cage well enough? Like what if something Mm. spreads or like, you know, it's like dumb little things that I'm like, I know I do a good job. Why am I worrying about things that went fine, but it's like this constant need to make sure everything is perfect. Um, girl, a hundred percent is your OCD. Oh Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm listening to you and I'm like, I don't do that. You don't. <laughs> like, okay. No, I don't. <laughs> that's why I was like, uh, I think that's part of your OCD is being perfectionist. See, this is why I need to talk to people though. Because like, for me, it's so normal. Like it's so normal that I just assume that everybody else goes no. through it. It's but you. it's just like, I just assume that so many people think like me. Well, we like, all do that though. Like that hundred percent. We all do that. I think we that was part assume- of the problem why I didn't think I had a problem. Like it was like when, yeah. when my therapist was like, I think you have obsessive compulsive disorder. I'm like, no, like, no. Like, and I was anti, like, I was like, no, like, because yeah. I don't do what is quote unquote typical, you know? Right. Yeah. Because there, there's even with mental probably health, like- Probably because you developed coping mechanisms when you were younger you mean like counting deal. in my head? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Like, so you developed coping mechanisms, but the problem is, is those coping mechanisms, if not, they can transmit to something that's unhealthy. Oh, for sure. I so would definitely not say a lot of probably how you're, you were able, cause you were like, I don't want to do the light switchy thing. Right. Yeah. So you probably because I used to I used to do the doorknob thing or like See? check Girl. the mailbox and open and close it several times. Now that I think back, like it was one of those things where I just like I was like, ah, oh, that was just me being a weird kid. But when I think back to the things that I've done, and now it's like I'm so obsessed with working out. You and I have talked about this where I'm yeah. trying to not let it get to an unhealthy state, but I think I'm obsessing over it because I can count. Like I can count how many times I do something. I'm counting the weights that I put on these bars. I'm counting how many reps I do. I'm counting, I'm not counting calories, yeah. but like I know how many calories I'm burning by doing a certain amount of things. Mm. And I'm counting and because, so this is what triggered it last night where I was sleeping and I had my head on Matt's chest and I could hear his heartbeat. And like me being mm. able to count his heartbeat because I think that, you know, me being a vet tech, I'm counting all the time. Yeah. I'm, I think that's why I'm so happy at work because I'm constantly counting. I'm constantly organizing and I'm girl, const- you a hundred percent need to talk to your mental health professional about this conversation we are having right now For because sure. I know it bothers you. It does. It, it, it 
clicked last night when I couldn't sleep because I couldn't stop counting his heartbeat. Because I also think it's a little too high and it worries me a little. <laughs> because he was sleeping and it shouldn't have been that high. Maybe he was having a stress dream. I mean, probably he's <laughs> living with me. So <laughs> anyway, so I, I do think it's it's one of those things where every time I end up talking to somebody about what I'm experiencing, I always learn something new. And it always makes me realize that, you know, I'm not a hundred percent yet. <laughs> like, and that's okay. I'm getting but, there. But you wouldn't know that that was the thing unless you explored it. And we'll, we'll, one of our episodes we're talking about is just like, um, being able to figure out how to take a look at yourself. Right. Yeah. And, and cause we've looked at some of the resources obviously for ourselves, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I think, I think that's a, a big part of it is, you know, starting first acknowledging that you mm-hmm. may not be as healthy as you want to be. And it's, it's kind of like anything in life, right? Once you figure out that you're unhealthy or you're not the weight you want to be, or you're not as strong as you want to be or whatever it is, right? Once you realize it, then you can start working to improve the situation. For sure. I mean, you so. made a note. It's taking baby steps. I've been seeking help now for what, two months? I think I had my first appointment back in January. Yeah, probably January, and somewhere around there. January-ish, yeah. And like, I, f- I feel better. And some days I get very, very frustrated and I'm like, I should be back to normal now. Why can I not focus on the things that I need to focus on? And instead I'm focusing on this other bull crap, but it's like, it, it's just baby steps and I got to be more forgiving to myself. And I think that's a big thing is that we yeah. need to all be a little bit more forgiving for ourselves because you do the same thing. You know, you're like, why haven't I done this? Like, oh my God, I do it you know, I'm, I'm yeah. focusing so much on this or this, and I really should be doing this. And it's like, don't be so hard on yourself because the fact that you're up and out and you're even doing this one thing <laughs> right. oh is God. a win. Yeah. And it, yeah. So, so I think, you know, for now, you know, maybe this sparked a conversation for you, you know, do you feel uncomfortable just even having this discussion about yourself and, you know, there's, again, there's levels of health in, in our mental capacities and and things. So, um, you know, let us know what you think. If there's something else you want us to touch on, um, let us know. It's the tip of the week. Uh, this week's tip of the week is, you know, if you aren't part of the not one more vet, or not one more that support staff group on Facebook. Um, definitely check it out. We'll, we'll talk about more about other resources as well, but I think that's a good place to kind of start. I think that is, um, you remember when you and I just kind of like scouted that page and we were just <laughs> reading things and like, yeah, <laughs> I don't think we utilized it as well as we sh- could have, but then we did. And then it was like, Oh man, thank God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. Um, everybody on there is so nice and just so supportive like it, it's yeah well and I think great. that's because we all are going through our own stuff yeah you know um other tip of the week is <laughs> think about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs and be kind to yourself if your basic needs are not being met you can't successfully meet your higher needs so start at the foundation and work your way up um 
you know, whether that's getting up and out of bed, eating, eating a meal, it doesn't always have to be healthy, but you know, if you're not eating, just eat something and then you can gradually work your way up to eating healthily. Um, you know, and so just kind of looking at those needs and, and seeing where maybe your foundation has cracked a little bit and see if you can patch it up. And now for the question of the week. Uh, this week's question of the week is why do you guys think it's important to remove the stigma, the mental health stigma in veterinary profession? Like, you know, have you guys, maybe has your clinic talked about it? Have, you know, what, what is your, what is your experience with dealing with mental health stigma? You know, um, have you thought about it before? Or is this something that you're like, Oh, wow. I didn't think about it. And holy crap. <laughs> Cause I kind of did that. Um, and a shout out to, uh, Tabitha from chirps and chatters for like having me on the mental health panel, <laughs> which kind of spurred this conversation. I think so. it's one of those things that sometimes mental health issues can be almost like a slap in the face. Like you keep telling yourself you're fine until you're just so deep in a hole that somebody else can point it out that you're like, oh, I go. Oops. That's not normal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. we just did that. Yeah. Like, it was just, <laughs> <sighs> it's just, there's so many things in my brain that I think are normal. And then I listen to other people and I'm like, wait you cannot think about work when you leave or like you cannot like I just the stupid things I worry about like I told you I was worried about my kids playing in the front yard yeah when I'm not there to watch them like it's just I mean that's a bomb thing though you know yeah but I feel like I don't know I don't know (laughs) this is gonna be a very interesting series I'm proud of us for not crying I'm proud of us for being honest and Um, if anybody else wants to talk, obviously we are not professionals and we are still learning how to deal with our issues. Um, yeah, but I feel like we're on the upswing and if anybody else wants to talk just to talk, which I got to admit, I did have some of our listeners reach out to me when they, they must've been able to like clearly hear that something else was going wrong or Mm. like just, you know, I had a couple of listeners message me personally, like through my Facebook page and stuff like that, just checking in saying, the things that they've gone through and it it was very nice to not feel like sympathy but like to feel okay about what I was going through yeah yeah so thanks for all those listeners who did that it was great yeah I I appreciate when they check in on me too I'm like oh you guys are amazing (laughs) it is nice that we have people who care about us that we don't actually know and it's (laughs) Someday we will know you guys. Oh my God, I can't wait for that day. I saw that VMX is kind of in person and it's in June. Um, And obviously I can go for free. And so I'm hoping because I'll be vaccinated by then. It's just such a big conference that it's still like pushing the limits a little. Yeah, I know my work won't let me go yet. So I'm not sure if I'll be able to, like if I'm going to make that or not. But um, I thought about it. Yeah. Because I want to. I'm telling you, 2022, Dawn. 2022 is where it's at. That's what we we'll should be going get to all the conferences. <laughs> we'll get our logo and get 2022 tattooed <laughs> under it. <laughs> oh my God, that'd be really funny. They're like, why that year? And you're like, oh, girl. Because that's understand. when it all went down. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, hey, Jordan. Thanks for being here. 
Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, next week, um, I think next week, what are we talking about? Oh, <laughs> taking stock of where you are. That's why I said it would be a good segue. Yeah. Ooh. So next week, we'll kind of talk about like how to figure out where you're at. Although we kind of did that this week. So we might add something in to next week. We'll see. Um, yeah. All right. Anything else we need to uh, touch base on for this week? Nope. I hope everybody continues to do well. And um, hopefully you guys don't mind this series. Um, I know, like I said, it can definitely be a little heavy, um, but it, it's worth it. If you want to skip the series, we get it. Like if it's just triggering, that's fine. Um, but we're all for like educating. And sometimes that even means like educating ourselves on ourselves. So, yeah. And remember, you guys are all rock star technicians. I don't, I don't care what anybody else says. <laughs> You're a freaking rock star. Um, and uh, we'll uh, we'll use the hashtag and the stigma. Yeah. So you guys are amazing. Take care. Be good. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to your other people in your life. Um, we'll talk about that as well because that's all part of this. And. Um, let us know what you guys think and we'll uh, talk to you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the internal medicine for vet techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe. So you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettex.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.